How's it going, everybody? It is 5.30 Thursday evening, and it is time for the 55th venture down the homeward path. This is the show by me. My name is Adam. I'm a husband, father of three, work a full-time job, have no professional aspirations whatsoever, but I still want to compete to the best of my ability when I play against whoever shows up locally. So if you are trying to make competitive magic work without trying to push your way all the way through into the professional scene right away, this is a show for you. This is the show for the FNM heroes, the local grinders, the 1K spikes. This is the, I'm trying to be your voice. So while we were away this week, uh, they announced another banning in Pioneer. This one a little bit less offensive than the last two and still probably largely missing the point, but we'll get to that before diving into our main topic this evening, which is how to break out of a slump when you're playing competitive magic, competitive or otherwise. But you know who's never gonna let you fall into a slump is our sponsor at inkgaming.com. Uh, they will make sure your playing space is decorated so well that you can't help but be excited. They'll bring back your enthusiasm especially when you use our promo code CCMTG10 at checkout and get 10% off your order. The other way you can avoid a slump in magic is by learning everything you can about it from the network over at constructedcriticism.com. The content there is fantastic. Go over there and check it out. They're the reason I have a place to do this show and more than, more than just being a network co-star, I use the word star loosely, more than being a network co-star, I'm also a huge fan. So just go over there and check it out. And while you're on the web, while you're perusing all these other places, you can head over to, if you decide you like what I do enough that you want to help me keep doing it, you can head over to patreon.com slash homerpathmtg. The show and everything else that I make is always going to be free, but if you like what I'm doing enough to help me keep doing it, please feel free to donate. I will make sure it goes to a good cause. Uh, and that takes us to our first segment, which is while we were away. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about and while we were away is the banning, the Pioneer ban update. So, Bale of Summer is what got the axe this time. And on some level, it makes a ton of sense. Because even after losing Leyline of Abundance and Oath of Nyssa, the deck was still really, really, really good. The deck in question being, of course, Mono Green Devotion. Still arguably the best deck in Pioneer. <laughs> Even after the Veil of Summer ban, it's still arguably the best deck in Pioneer. Uh, you just ramp into absurd amounts of mana and do absurd things on absurdly early turns in the game. It's just a little bit absurd. Uh, but they decided they needed to take another crack at it, and one of the biggest, one of the easiest ways to potentially disrupt the deck is to either kill the mana creatures or make an attempt at ripping their hand apart with cards like Thoughtseize and Thought Erasure. And Veil of Summer was a direct counter to both of those lines and was essentially not just a direct counter, but actually just one mana cryptic command in those situations. So I can definitely understand taking that line. It also makes it difficult to interact with less fair decks in general that are playing green, like... <laughs> Uh, arguably, Jeskai Ascendancy was propped up by the presence of Veil of Summer in their 75. To the point that they were, in some builds, willing to play at main deck. 
as just a raw cantrip if, you're, if, you, if your opponent attempted to disrupt you with counter magic during their turn, they could use it as just a cantrip while the Ascendancy was active and continue to try to go off. But, I mean, we're still, like, we're, we're still early in the format's life cycle. There's no point in diving too much deeper into, like, what I think they should have been, what I think is next on the list, because I honestly have no idea. Uh, between new cards entering the format here in a few months and the format itself still try format itself my English is bad today the format itself still trying to iron out kind of what it is what its identity is you know we're still seeing a lot of standard old standard decks and current modern decks being kind of retrofitted for this format so until we figure out what pioneer is versus which of these old standard decks versus which of these modern decks that are a little bit less powerful like eventually we'll settle on an equilibrium and we'll be in a good spot but for now we just kind of have to live with it and try out all the cool things and that brings me to the other thing i want to talk about while we were away and it is uh we we had uh, a tragedy in the local area last week uh one of the employees of my lgs lost his home uh he awoke to the smell of smoke and got his family awake and out of the house as the house burned down so our lgs being the awesome place that they are is holding a charity event for the family so if you are in the west tennessee southwestern kentucky area and want to play Matt want to play modern and play modern for a very good cause the tournament takes place tomorrow tonight or uh, the, the, the tournament by the time a lot of you are hearing this takes place tomorrow it takes place Saturday night and it is all of the entry fee proceeds are going directly to the family Every cent the store makes off of this tournament goes to the family. And if you can't make it, either because you don't live in the area, you're not going to be able to get out to make it, uh, please consider donating directly. Uh, there is a GoFundMe that I have shared a link to. I will find it. I, I will get another link and share it both below this episode on Twitter and on uh, Facebook after the episode goes, goes up. But please, please, please help help this family out. They, they've lost their home. They need help. So if you are able to help, please do. Uh, I, I know I myself will be donating. So. Uh, somber, somber, less uh, somber, more serious things are difficult to transition from to talking about magic, but this is what we have to do. So let's move into our main topic this week, and I want to talk about what it is, what it's like being in a slump playing magic and how we can get out of it. Any hobby, anything you throw yourself into with reckless abandon, even if you don't put your, like, stake your identity on it and go, you know, I'm going to be the best there ever was, you don't, you don't even have to be going that far. Anything you put a lot of time and effort into is going to experience a slump at some point. 
where you feel like the amount of time and effort you are putting in is not paying off. You are not getting the result that you wanted. It happens in anything. And I mean anything. Jobs, relationships, hobbies, everything. Like I've, there's nothing I've ever experienced, education, that does not go through what feels like a slumping period. And it's how we react to it that determines how long it ends up lasting. And the first trick to me in, in getting out of something like this, maybe it's just, you know, may, maybe it's a mental health thing. Maybe you are going through a depression and everything kind of sucks right now. And that's okay. We all go through these things. The first step is to recognize what it is that is making you feel the way you do. And there's, again, there's nothing wrong with being in a magic slump or being in a slump in any other, any other thing going on in your life. But today we're going to talk about trying to get out of the magic slump. And the first step to trying to kind of pull yourself out of the funk, if you will, is recognizing what it is that got you there in the first place. And mental health is a very delicate subject. And it's not one that I am particularly well versed in other than taking care of my own as much as possible. And of course, helping the people closest to me. Everybody's different. I am not going to pretend to be able to tell you how, how to, you know, fight your own demons. That is far beyond my, my place to tell you how to do that. But when it comes to external stimuli that create slumps in Magic the Gathering, there's a few easy there's a few easy things to pinpoint that tend to cause them. The first is just not having the time to play the way you want to. And it means you get rusty, it means you don't feel like you're playing well, it means you know, it, it kind of creates this snowballing effect where you don't feel good about the way you're presenting yourself in the game, and it makes the game less fun. Maybe it's the direction the game has gone in past for, in the past few months, and it's led to stale formats that are just not fun, actively not fun to play. You don't like playing mirror matches. You don't like playing against the same deck round after round after round every time you go play. Maybe it's the people you're playing with that have created a culture that you're playing in that is toxic, and you just are you know you didn't realize it until you sat down to think about it. All of these things can lead to a slump in Magic the Gathering. It is not hard to find yourself in this position. I myself have found it there, found myself there multiple times. Uh, the first being when I was when I was living up north. The first year I was there, I didn't have an LGS. And then the the second and third year I was living there. I had an LGS and we had a play group, but it was hyper competitive. And come to find out one of the members of the group was extremely toxic, but we didn't know that for a few more years. You know, we, we pushed each other to be the best versions of ourselves, but oftentimes it wasn't in a healthy manner. It was a lot of, a lot of downspeak. It was a lot of, 
telling you what you're doing is awful and not offering uh, offering constructive options to help you work through that. Uh, and then when I got, you know, there was, there was a period right before I took my break from magic where it felt like I just, it felt like no matter what I did, I wasn't doing well. I, I had staked so much of my self-worth, so much of my, my, my being on how well I was doing in magic. I thought I was some really hot stuff and wasn't. So rather than taking a break, what I probably should have done was reassessed my goals but we're going to talk about that in a minute. The, uh, the, other, the other one, the most recent one, was during the summer of Red Black Chain Warbler. And it was a combination of the, the after effects of just not having the cards available to me to play the way I wanted, and the cards I did have available to me were just absolute piles of garbage against the Red Black Chain Warbler deck. So I just didn't want to have to play against that deck a ton, so I just didn't play. I played a lot of mono red, and it was bad. <laughs> like it was, it was not a, a good version of mono red. It was like it was passable, but it wasn't great. And we just kind of muddled our way through it and made the best of what we could. So. When looking at these external stimuli, it's important to recognize which, which one or more of them is helping contribute to you having negative feelings about the game of Magic. Maybe it's a representation issue. That's another delicate subject that I don't really have an answer for. Only you can make that, dis make that distinguish. Only you can make that distinction. Sorry, my English is still broken. Only you can make that distinction. That's something... You know, if that's something you are feeling, that is something you are going to have to come to grips with and make a decision on your own way. In light of a lot of the Twitter drama, I feel like that's probably something a lot of people are going through. I don't have the answer for that one. I'm, as a, as a straight white male, I don't really have a whole lot of, uh, a whole lot of input into that conversation. Obviously overrepresented in every form of media, so... I don't really have, I don't really have a good thing to say there. But when we transition, you know, if it's something that we can do something about, in a meaning, you know, in a way that will will be helpful to yourself and to the the people you're playing with, it's important to recognize which of these things are causing you trouble, and take some steps to help correct them. The first one, if it's because you know, take a look at your magic goals. What are you trying to accomplish in magic? What led to my slump that led to me taking a break in the first place was having my, my, my sights set way too high. I thought I was good enough to be the next, you know, household name celebrity magic player showing up at tournaments every weekend. That's never going to happen for me. I don't have the budget. I don't have the willingness to... to make the sacrifices that those players do. And I've come to grips with that over the last few years. And it's made me a more, it's made me more effective at doing what I, what I do now. It's made me more effective at playing at the local level because I realize that's what I'm worried about. That's what I, you know, that's the, the magic that I'm devoted to. 
uh, you know, I can push people who are trying to achieve high, you know, trying to reach higher heights than I am without having to join them in that crusade. So sometimes re reassessing the goals, the what it is you want to achieve in Magic the Gathering is a really healthy way to break yourself out of a slump. Realize that maybe you had your sights set too high or if you feel like you are just kind of, I don't know, at, operating on autopilot and everything comes easy to you, maybe it's time to set your sights a little higher. Find yourself some stiffer competition to play against. Now, if it's stale formats, uh, not wanting to play against the same decks over and over again, there's a little bit of a remedy for that too. Find a new format, find a new deck, find a new play group to play with. Whether it's, you know, the current standard format being what it is, the, the best remedy I've found for that, don't play a whole lot of it. Play Commander, play Pioneer, play Modern. They still challenge you to grow and develop in different ways as Magic players, but they allow you to get away from that stimulus that is causing you grief, causing you pain, causing you suffering and playing this game that you love. You know, making the experience of Magic unfun, don't do that thing. That's, you know, that, that's pretty important. If it doesn't bring you joy, don't do it. There are very few things in this world that for me are more fulfilling than a, you know, a, a, a night of just unadulterated commander-oriented shenanigans. You know, let's all sit around with the weirdest brewy, you know, jankiest brews that we've put together. Now let's play commander for a few hours and forget about all this other stuff. It creates kind of a, a lightheartedness. It, you know, reassociates your brain in your brain magic with fun. And it, it gives you the ability to kind of let all this, this frustration, let all this other stuff melt away as you just sit there and play a bunch of cards that make you smile with people who make you smile. So that when it comes time to go back to the grind, if you if that's what you're into. It's easier to do. You've gotten that 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 desire for all of that 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 yearning for the the camaraderie for the for the wild wacky stuff the you know the decks that are maybe a little bit le more experimental. You can get that out of your system by playing different formats: Commander, Oathbreaker, playing more Eternal formats. If you're like me and have an unhealthy addiction to building your game plans around tempo, one of the easiest ways for me to get out of that mode is to play some Pauper. Get my Delver on, have a good time, and then when I come back to standard and real, you know, get a chance to sit and look at what the format's really about, I'm in a much healthier place mentally to work on this because I've gotten that that yearning, that desire to play something, that play in a certain way out of my system. And if it's a play group that's hyper competitive, and you know, maybe go to a different store and try a standard format because you don't know what you're up against. Sometimes the unknown is a good thing. Even if it's a form, you know, even if you're playing the same format, you don't know what these people are going to show up with. Yeah, right now, uh, statistics say a large number of them are going to show up with Gilded Goose, Oko, Nissa, Once Upon a Time, and Wicked Wolf. But 
your early rounds where you're playing against people, you know, especially if you've never been there before, you're playing against a bunch of people. You don't know what you're up against. You haven't talked to these people. You're not, you're not playing against them week in and week out. Go to a different store every now and then. Find a different play group to join in with every now and then. And then last but not least, if you go through all the rest of this, if you go through all of the rest of this and you still just, it, it doesn't bring you the kind of joy, the, the kind of satisfaction, the kind of fulfillment that it used to, there is no shame in taking a break. I've done it before. Now, from a financial standpoint right now, I regret that. It's one of my great regrets. From Well, both from a financial and a, a you know, fulfillment in the game standpoint. Because it wasn't long after I stopped playing Magic the first time that I ended up playing a different game. I got really invested in it and just kind of went through the same roller coaster with it. Although I didn't hinge as much of my personal like self-worth and uh, belong, sense of belonging on how good I was at that game. But I, you know, I created this community and then it kind of ramped up into a, into a format where everybody was really, really competitive and the combination of my financial constraints and the distance I was having to drive to my LGS made it non-feasible for me to play the game. And that's ultimately what drove me back to magic in the first place is I remembered, you know, if I'm going through this with, with this game, I may as well play magic again, where you know, I've got an LGS, a stone's throw from the house, now literally a five-minute walk. I know the game a lot better. The The formats are a lot less volatile. The card prices are a lot less volatile. You know, and tier two decks have a little bit more of a puncher's chance, even if they don't seem to at the higher level. But that break is kind of what helped me realize that. Sometimes it's important if something is not bringing you joy and you put, you know, a lot of time and effort, a lot of, a lot of yourself into something and it's not working and no matter what you do, no matter how you approach it, it doesn't help. Sometimes the best thing you can do is step away. Take a break and just get out of your own head for a while. Just, just get out of your own head, find something, you know, find another hobby, play another game, you know, just get out and find something to do. Magic will still be here when you get done. So that's all I've got for this week, guys, I, or gang, sorry. I don't, you know, I, I don't have all the answers when it comes to something like this, but I know what has worked for me over the years. So hopefully this can help some of you if you're going through something like this yourself. If I'm being perfectly honest, there's a little bit of it going on right now. Standard format's not all that fun for me. So I am looking at commander projects. I'm working on pioneer decks. I am, uh, you know, trying to mobilize more of a community. I'm putting more of myself into that and less of my emphasis on trying to be really good at standard. And it's helping. It's make it's making the experience of playing and working with Magic the Gathering more fun. 
So that's all I've got for this week. Thank you for listening. If you have questions, comments, concerns, ideas, you want to tell me I don't know what I'm talking about, uh, do it at on Twitter. I'm at HomerPathMTG. You can do it on Facebook. My name is Adam Spain. Uh, God, I think there's a raid going on behind me. Uh, you can do it on Facebook. My name is Adam Spain. You can... Uh, Oh, God. Uh, put it in the Facebook group, The Homeward Pathfinders. You can... Um, if you're a patron of the show, we discuss episode topics and ideas on the show all the time. So, at the end of the day, I'm easy to get in touch with. And if you really want to make me happy, week in, week out, you want to you share and a laugh with me, uh, Twitter... Hashtag MTG Dad Jokes. I love a good pun. I love Magic the Gathering. It just made sense to go down that road. So, let's see what we've got. God, there's a lot of them this week, aren't there? First of all, uh, Javier Dominguez tweeted, lost the last two and ended a very solid 11-5. and five. Very happy with the Gruel Adventures deck that Seth Manfield, uh, Martin Miller, and I played. Recommend. And Brian Brunduin says, you're a beast. A questing beast? Nice tournament. That's, that's a thousand percent my brand. That's the kind of thing I love. Next up is from, let's see if I can pronounce this right, at Savantir. Said, I just heard, I just saw someone refer to Massacre Girl as Naifu Waifu. It might just be the best name I've ever heard. And they are correct. That is hilarious, and I am here for it. <laughs> uh, next up Magic.tcg player. Magic at TCG player. Tweets, Tron and Amulet Titan are on the rise in Modern, which means it's time to run Main Deck Blood Moon. Uh, Emma Partlow shows you how to build Ponza on a budget, and the title of the article, I, I couldn't make this up if I tried. It's too perfect. Making it Stone Rain. Yes! That is glorious. That is, uh, that is my favorite kind of thing. And Mason, this morning says, once upon a time, everyone needed a Vivian for the Invitational. <laughs> if you hadn't been paying attention to Twitter today, that has been literally everyone. Hey, anybody got any Vivian Arcbow Rangers? Anyone? 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 Let's go. And of course, the image is once upon a time with Vivian cropped onto it. And SCG Con, all that good stuff. And last but not least, I haven't done one of these in a while. But Tales from the Pit, number 2174 from Mark Rosewater says if there was a Hall of Fame for Magic cards, if there was a Magic Hall of Fame for cards, and it's the the art for time work, time walk, time work, my heavens, I'm not good at this today, <laughs> but it's the art from time walk, and it says, they told me I only got two minutes for an acceptance speech, but you know what? I'm going to take my time. <laughs> you have all the time you need, man. That's all you got. <laughs> you are literally nothing but time. So... Again, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed. We'll be back next week. I have no idea what we're going to talk about yet. So uh, take it easy. Enjoy yourself. And remember, 
if you are in the area and have the ability to come out Saturday night and play modern at Goose's Computers and Games in McKenzie, Tennessee, please do. The entry fees are going to help a family in need, and it's one of our own. And if you don't have the ability to do that, if you have the ability to donate, the GoFundMe link is going to be in every social media post about this episode. Please don't hesitate to do it. I know the guy, good people. It's a family that desperately needs some help. So please, please show these people that they are loved and that, you know, they have, they have support. They have people who care about them. And thanks again for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Have a good weekend. We'll catch you Monday with Riding in Cars with Cards, where we're going to talk about a deck that Brett and I are working on, and it's a big part of what's helped breaking me out of my slump. So, enjoy. <laughs>